0: All right, guys, let's get right into it. Um, So where we last left off, Jesus was on a boat just off of shore teaching a big crowd of people who are sitting on the shore listening to him, and he was teaching them in a ton of parables. So we're going to pick up in uh, chapter 14, verse 22. The caption reads, Jesus walks on the water, and I'm going to set my alarm for 20 minutes. Set my alarm for 20 minutes. I've set an alarm for 12:48 p.m. Great. All right. Verse 22. Immediately he directed the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he sent the crowds away. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was already a long distance from land, tossed and battered by the waves for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, between three and six a.m., Jesus came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately he spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. That's just a real quick word within itself. No matter the storms we're going through in our life, Jesus can always say to us, "Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. He is with us." Verse 28. Peter replied to him, "Lord, if it is really you, command me to come to you on the water." He said, "Come." So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he but when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened. And he began to sink, and he cried out, "Lord, save me!" Immediately Jesus extended his hand and caught him, saying, t- "Saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt?" And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him with awe-inspired reverence, saying, "Truly, you are the Son of God." When they had crossed over the sea, they went ashore at they went ashore at Gennesaret. Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, him being Jesus, they sent word throughout all the surrounding district and brought to him all who were sick. And they begged him to let them merely touch the fringe of his robe. And all who touched it were perfectly restored. Chapter 15, Tradition and Commandment. Verse 1. Then some Pharisees and scribes from Jerusalem came to Jesus and said, Why do your disciples violate the tradition, religious laws, handed down by the Jewish elders? For your disciples do not ceremonially wash their hands before they eat. Mind you, this ceremonial washing was a process, like much more thorough rinsing than, than what we do. Um, but it was a tradition, it was ceremonial, and it wasn't, Wasn't uh, a heaven or hell matter. Like if you didn't wash your hands correctly this way, you know, you weren't, you weren't, um, you weren't upsetting God. This was just traditions of man. So they addressed, they confronted Jesus and his disciples because of this. He replied to them, Jesus, why also do you violate the commandment of God for the sake of your, for the sake of your tradition handed down by the elders? For God said through Moses, Honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of or insults or treats improperly father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, if anyone says to his father or mother, Whatever money or resource that I have that would help you is already dedicated and given to God. He is not to honor his father or his mother by helping them with their need. So by this you have invalidated the word of God, depriving it of force and authority and making it of no effect. For the sake of your tradition handed down by the elders, mm, for the sake of your tradition handed down by the elders, you hypocrites, play actors, pretenders, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, for they teach as doctrines the precepts of men. So basically within all that, Jesus confronts these religious leaders because they're worshiping their, their own man-made traditions and condemning people for not following them, but yet they mess up the actual law of God and they, they are not focused on the heart of God, the heart of the matter, and they're more concerned with their traditions and, and their appearance before other people. They're being, it's, what, it's, what, it's what we call they're being self-righteous, right within their own eyes rather than in the eyes of God Almighty. Verse 10, after Jesus called the crowd to him, he said, listen and understand this. It is not what goes into the mouth of a man that defiles and dishonors him, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles and dishonors him. So it's not what you eat that defiles you. It's what the words that you speak that come out of your heart that defile somebody. Verse 12, then the disciples came and said to Jesus, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard you say this? He answered, every plant which my heavenly father did not plant will be torn up by the roots. Leave them alone. They are blind guides leading blind followers. And if a man, if a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. This next caption is called, The Heart of Man. Peter asked him, Explain this parable about what defiles a person to us. And he said, Are you still so dull and unable to put things together? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But whatever word comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. And this is what defiles and dishonors the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts and plans Murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, slanders, meaning verbal abuse, irreverent speech, blaspheming. These are the things which defile and dishonor the man. But eating with ceremonially unwashed hands does not defile the man. This next caption is called the Seraphonician woman. Verse 21. After leaving there, Jesus withdrew to the district to the district of Tyre and Sidon and a Canaanite woman from that district came out and began to cry out urgently saying have mercy on me o lord son of david messiah my daughter is cruelly possessed by a demon but he did not say a word in answer to her and his disciples came and asked him repeatedly send her away because she keeps shouting out shouting out after us he answered jesus I was commissioned by God and sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to kneel down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he replied, it is not good, appropriate, fair, to take the children's bread and throw it to the pet dogs. So, so he's saying the children being uh, the chosen ones, the people of Israel, and the pet dogs being the Greeks. And, and uh, people of other cultures. Um, so that's who he's calling this, this woman. And he goes on to say, she said, yes, Lord, but even the pet dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their young master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, your faith, your personal trust and confidence in my power is great. It will be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that moment. So Jesus knows all things. So he's well aware that the gospel would go, would eventually reach the Gentiles. And he even spoke to some Gentile women, telling them who he who he is. Um, but his immediate mission first was to preach to the Jews who he was. So that was his focus at first. And that's what he explained to this woman. But because of her great faith and desire to, to know him, um, he felt compassion for her. And... Um, and he and, he, um, and he, he responded to her. He healed her. He healed her daughter. So healing crowds is the next caption. Jesus went on from there and passed along by the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on the hillside and was sitting there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others. And they put them down at his feet and he healed them. So the crowd was amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled restored, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they praised and glorified the God of Israel. This next caption, 4,000 fed, verse 32. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing left to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, because they might faint from exhaustion on the way home. The disciples said to him, Where are we to get enough bread in this isolated place to feed such a large crowd? And Jesus asked them, How many loaves of bread do you have? They replied, Seven, and a few small fish. He directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them And started giving them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they gathered up seven full baskets of the broken pieces that were left over. Verse 38. Among those who ate were four thousand men, not counting women and children. So this is the second miracle. This is the second miracle where Jesus had fed thousands and thousands of people by blessing the little bit of food they had and multiplying it. All right, that's what, that's what God did in Genesis. He blessed Adam and Eve. He said, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth, have dominion over the earth. Jesus blessed the food and multiplied it. Verse 39, then Jesus sent the crowds away, got into the boat and went to the district of the Magadan Magadan Chapter 16 Pharisees test Jesus Now the Pharisees and Sadducees came up and testing Jesus to get something to use against him they asked him to show them a sign from heaven which would support his divine authority but he replied to them When it is evening you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red and in the morning It will be stormy today, for the sky is red and has a threatening look. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but cannot interpret the signs of the times? An evil and morally unfaithful generation craves a miraculous sign, but no sign will be given to it, except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then he left them and went away. All right, Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days. Jesus is referring to himself being in the temple for three days and then coming out as well. The same way Jonah came out, Jesus came out. Verse 5, when the disciples reached the other side of the sea, they realized that they had forgotten to bring bread. Jesus said to them, Watch out and be on your guard against the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They began to discuss this among themselves, saying, He said that because we did not bring bread. But Jesus, aware of this, Again, he read their thoughts, said, you men of little faith. Why are you discussing among yourselves that you that you have no bread? Do you still not understand or remember the five loaves? Or the five for the five thousand and how many baskets you picked up extra baskets or the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many large baskets you picked up? How is it that you fail to understand that I was not talking to you about bread? but beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the false teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Peter's Confession of Christ. Verse 13. Now when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they answered, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or just one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, Blessed, happy, spiritually secure, favored by God are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood, mortal man, did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, death, will not overpower it by preventing the resurrection of the Christ. I will give you the keys, authority of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, or declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. So he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So when you're binding something, You're declaring it unlawful or improper. And when you loose something, we're permitting it and declaring it lawful. Verse 20, then he gave the disciples strict orders to tell no one that he was the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. Verse 21, caption is, Jesus foretells his death. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples clearly that he must go to Jerusalem and endure many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and scribes, the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court, and, and be killed, and be raised from death to life on the third day. So, my, so take a note of that. He explained everything that was going to happen to them. And later we'll see what they remembered and picked up on and what they forgot. The disciples, that is. Peter took him aside to speak to him privately. And began to reprimand him, saying, May God forbid it. This will never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. Now, he wasn't calling Peter Satan, but the spirit that was working in Peter was Satan. All right. And we know that Jesus was on a mission and everything that happened to him had to happen. So what Peter was saying was being a stumbling block trying to get Jesus off track. But Jesus called him out on it. Discipleship is costly. Verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside self-interest and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living and, if need be, suffering, or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death, but whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it, that is life with me for all eternity. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, wealth, fame, success, but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the son of man is going to come in the glory and majesty of his father with his angels. And then he will repay each one in accordance with what he has done. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, there are some of those standing here who will not taste death before they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. Let's stop right there. Um, so Jesus was talking about, um, those who, there's some of them standing with him who would not die before they see the glory. Um, now most of his disciples were martyrs. They were killed for their faith in Jesus. Um, but Jesus so before his second coming, his disciples were dead. But Jesus took Peter and John up on a mountain and was transfigured before them. All right. And he was standing there with Moses and Elijah. And God said, God the Father said, this is my beloved son, talking about Jesus, hear him. Meaning he God established the authority in Jesus saying no long, saying. the prophets, which Elijah represented and the law, which Moses represented has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. All right. So the old and the new Testament, the completion of that is Jesus Christ. So now we listen to Jesus. All right. Jesus has the authority. And um, so when John and Peter had saw this transfiguration of Jesus, they saw his glory. So that's the glory that um, Jesus just mentioned um, that some would see uh, before they tasted death. So that's what he was referring to. Those two had not died yet, but they seen the glory of God. All right, they've seen Jesus in his glorified state. Father God, we just thank you for another day to read your word. Um, I pray that everybody learns something. I pray that everybody is growing from listening to this, myself included. Um, I pray that we continue to desire your word to hunger and thirst for righteousness for you say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So may your word continue to fill us up and spiritually grow us day by day. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. May our faith increase as well, Lord. Help us to navigate through life. May we cling to you by, by any means, by all means, seeking you and your kingdom first, always putting you first, Lord. I pray that we all grow in our relationship with you and take our walk of faith a little more serious day by day. Thank you for this reading once again, Lord. Bless everybody as they go about their day. May they walk in peace and in wisdom, Lord, as you lead them. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all. God bless. Peace.